Welcome to Definitely Maybe Agile, the podcast where Peter Madison and David Sherrock discuss the complexities of adopting new ways of working at scale. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Definitely Maybe Agile with your hosts, Peter Madison and David Sherrock. So how are you doing today, Dave? Excellent, Peter. How are you doing? I- I'm not too bad. Not too bad. It's uh, It's been uh, an eventful week. It's been a lot of uh, fun goings on. And uh, yeah, no, it's been good. How have things uh, been going for you? Well, I wanted to touch on a, a... I'm just bringing a particular topic in that I've been dealing with this week, which is around feedback and leaders providing feedback to the teams, the people that they're working with. I think it's a a really underrepresented or undercovered topic. Too many times leaders are just expected to adjust. And and you see so many examples of this where that the the old feedback muscle is still there. The old leadership muscle is still there. And we're really expecting a lot more of leaders nowadays, I think. I I agree. I think uh, there is a lot of, uh, especially after the last 18 months, I mean, there's a lot of expectations of leaders and expectations that leaders will be able to act and behave in, in certain ways. And that's that's very important, right? It's uh, it's one of these things where uh, we really we have these high expectations of these people who've ended up in these roles, and they've not necessarily uh, had some of the experiences we're expecting them to learn some of the things that we might have liked them to along the way. And one of those things is is definitely around feedback. I mean, it's uh, both giving feedback, recognizing feedback, asking for feedback. And uh, and listening to are, are very very difficult things for a lot of people to do, whether they're leaders or not. I think even just as you're ending there, you're just talking about that whole aspect of it. Feedback is a two way thing; it's not one way. And I'm reminded of of what, whenever we talk about um, building trust, we talk about the five dysfunctions of a team, and that the first thing to overcome on a team is a lack of trust. And one of the first things that we can do as leaders is show vulnerability there, is start off with that vulnerable view so that the perspective to kind of be open to feedback. So maybe we can touch on that first. I think one of the first things about a leadership, especially in, in the way things are changing at the moment, that, you know, we don't have everybody sat in the same room that we can go and sort of, uh, uh, you know, engage with in the same way. So there is a lot more one on one conversations. There's a lot more different personalities and, and and expectations and everything else there. So number one, gathering feedback. What do you see? What would you want your leaders to do when it comes to getting feedback from the people they're working with? So there's a there's a lot of different models out there for like helping the leader facilitate that conversation, but it really comes down to for one part being open to it, being able to say ask the questions around uh, well how do you think this has gone how what else uh, could I have done better is there something I could do to support you uh, better is there something else that I can I can help with and and providing uh, asking questions about how uh, they think that you did in supporting them and making sure that that is a there's, there's an open conversation around that that it's not just uh, a a piece where the you as a leader are going in and provide dictating what you expect to see and uh, then saying providing people feedback when you see something you don't like uh, it this has to be there's the that aspect of feedback too is like ensure you're reinforcing positive uh, like making sure that you're providing feedback when you see the the things that you're that you're looking for and encouraging the 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 behaviors that we want and the 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 types of activities that we want to see happen and 
so that uh, the team and the organization is growing in the right way. I, I love what you say there in, in the sense that uh, one of the things that I really like to see in the, you know, my own leadership journey has been something that I strive for still to this day is the seeking feedback almost first before any other, like it's almost a habit of continually seeking that feedback on the one thing, but also then sincerely listening to it and adjusting. It's very easy to come in and say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm here to get better. Give me some feedback. We make make a note of it. Maybe if we're really smart, we're visibly writing it down somewhere. But then we ignore it, or we say, "Well, they don't understand the situation that I'm under," and we just take away, you know, walk away from the opportunity. So, an understanding of how can we sincerely uh, feedback, like like reflect back, if you like, to the people who give us feedback, what behaviors we might be changing, how can we do that and take that away, right? So that sincerity around it becomes important. Um, one of the things that I actually really like are things like leadership these leadership 360 type of reviews uh, i know they get a, a good and a bad press depending i guess on which end of it you are on but uh, the conversations and the outcomes that you can get from that the discussions and the realization of how the perception that people see uh, is valuable it's it's input that you can have a conversation around you can take decisions and and improve or adjust your leadership posture as a result. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's one of those pieces where there's, and if one of the things with 360 review is, of course, you're allowing people to provide anonymous feedback as well very often to be able to uh, speak their minds without any organizational uh, sort of political um, shenanigans going on, which is one of the, often one of the things that will hold people back from giving that feedback. If uh, if it's uh, somebody who's in an authority figure above them where you've got um, influence over uh, how much they get rewarded or how much they, they get paid or their status in some manner, then yeah. they're, they're going to be much more reluctant to provide honest feedback if they see that it might impact them in some way. And they're, they're not going to want to come and say, you suck. <laughs> Career-limiting feedback, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, career limiting moves, and it's uh, and, and it does take a, a very strong leader to be able to uh, take that to the point about being vulnerable, to being able to yeah. take and listen to that feedback when it is negative, and say, okay, so so what's driving that, rather than reacting in a negative way in return. Now I'm going to add on to this because we're talking a little bit about okay, vulnerability and being out there and and sincere about taking feedback. There's another mindset shift we want leaders to recognize and i i kind of came across this uh, recently again in extreme ownership the book extreme ownership which is a fascinating uh, a kind of uh, dissection if you like of of the overlap of military leadership with business leadership um, and one of the stories that they talk about there's a great story early on in the book about um uh, a boat crew in uh in the seals where they swap one leader from one boat crew to the next and the leader of them best performing boat crew moves to head up the worst performing boat crew's team. And the leader of the worst performing boat crew heads up the, the team of the best performing boat crew. And what's really the, the takeaway from that is, is that a, a low performing team is the, res, the result of poor leadership. It's not the result of a low performing team which seems kind of not obvious because too many times we see leaders who say, well, I, I need a better team in order to perform. And that was that story is a very clear indication that we have to recognize as leaders. And this is a tough responsibility to take on. 
but we have to recognize that the performance of the team is really driven by the performance of the leader. I, I'd, I'd completely agree. I mean, I've and I've seen that in my own career and uh, when I've had teams working for me and I, I had one particular team that wasn't performing well and uh, uh, but the, the but it was the leader that was driving the the team. It was the leader that was driving that poor performance. And by switching that leader over into another role, not only did the leader do better in that new role uh, because he didn't know as much about one of the reasons he was having problems was because he knew too much about what it was that he was managing. So he was micromanaging everything underneath it, and uh, which was making the team unhappy, which was making the team perform poorly because they weren't able to take independent action. By moving him to another role where he didn't know anything about it, totally new space, that gave him, um, it allowed him to grow, it enabled him to demonstrate that he was a much better leader in that new role. And uh, the team itself started to perform much better as well under, under new leadership that we brought in. So the, the, it's very true. It's, it's, uh, the, uh, that is a very true comment that, uh, yeah, the team succeeds, but the leader yes. fails, right? It's the leadership yeah. that fails. Yeah, and, and I think this is a difficult one to take on because, um, I mean, this, is, this goes back to the playground and you're the captain of the football team and I'm a captain and we get to pick the people on the team. Well, that has nothing to do with, the, you know, there are many, many examples of teams of underdogs that under the right leadership uh, outperform and excel in the expectations in terms of what they can deliver. And I, I, this is, I mean, this is what I love about leadership is the journey never ends, right? You're always trying to figure out what skills do we need as leaders in order to be able to uh, have a positive impact on the team and, and fundamentally allow the team to grow and perform in, in its own right. This maybe brings us kind of circling round. We've talked a lot about the leadership mindset shift. Um, what about when you're giving feedback to teams? What What are the guidelines you would recommend? A uh, loud voice, uh, shout a lot. Don't, <laughs> stern. don't, yeah, stern. Stern. yeah, don't, don't, don't allow the people you're talking to to say a word. <laughs> <clears throat> you prescribe to the human human side of leadership, right? So yes, yeah. So there there are some there are some definitely some nuances in uh, in uh, giving feedback, and there there are. Some pieces we have to consider. One is give feedback at the right time and the right moment and understand who it is you're giving feedback to. And not everybody is going to feel gratified by the fact that you called them out in front of everybody for what they did, whether it's a good or a bad thing, right? If it's a, if it's a bad thing, you definitely shouldn't. <laughs> but if it's a good thing, also consider whether or not uh, it's the right thing to, to do because some people, uh, especially if they're fairly introverted, aren't going to feel very comfortable that you called them out in front of everybody else. So, so think about the, the person that you're giving feedback to, understand what their needs are too, and don't make it all about yourself. <laughs> so you're, you're throwing a couple of things in there. I'm just going to tease them out very quickly. Number one, you ended with a, a corker, which is don't make it about yourself. I don't think giving feedback is at all ever about you. It's not me, the leader, or you, the leader. It's always about the it should never be right? Number one. Number two, I think I'd, I'd like to pull out a couple of things. One is never, ever give negative feedback in front of the rest of the team. I, I just don't think there's ever, a, I mean, you hear about football teams and how the coaches will go in at half time and say something. We're not in that sort of a world. And I'm not even sure it works necessarily in that sort of a world either all the time, uh, if at all. 
But the other side of it is, I think the other side is really important for us to recognize is too many times we give feedback because something's gone wrong. And as a lead, I, I almost have to kind of write this in bold letters in every conversation I have with a team that I'm working with is look actively look for opportunities to say that's great look at what you've done here Consider, compare what you were as a team what we were able to achieve three months ago and look at what we're doing now we should be very proud of this this is fantastic progress so one of the things is always looking for opportunities to call out great stuff great results great behaviors whatever it might be you also mentioned the timeliness i mean there's there is no time like the present there is no point going you know if i said peter uh, four weeks ago when we had a conversation and we were recording a podcast it's like it's a waste of time stop crying right? this is one of the I mean, i'm not going to go into it but this is one of the challenges we have with performance reviews annual performance reviews by definition are annual i can only really give performance in the last 24 to 48 hours yeah it's uh yeah that, that that's a whole other can of worms to open up but uh, but it's a very important one when we're talking about feedback and uh because quite often in organizations that annual performance review it, it can sometimes be the point at which we give feedback and it's like, really? You waited a year to tell me that? That's, that's just crazy. Like, uh, it would have been valuable to know that 364 days ago. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I also, yeah. Um, there, there's a, we learned these practices many years ago, like the, the Oreo cookie approach to mm. giving feedback. Yeah. yeah. I think, and every time I've either tried it or I'm subjected to it or I hear it, there are certain practices like that. I think we have to, and, and the, what I was going to say is the psychological studies now are showing that this is completely ineffectual. Everybody can see the looming piece of negative feedback coming at you and you're just ignoring that, you know, there's no point sandwiching it between something. And I think that's part of it is treating people as intelligent. They, they know they've made a mistake or they know they're about to get some feedback on it. Let's have a real open conversation rather than hedging around that topic. But again, not in front of everyone else, in a timely manner, in a respectful way, and um, giving as much ownership as possible so that people can kind of navigate their own way out of it comfortably. What would you add? Uh, I, think that's, I think that's true. I agree that the, the sandwich method, uh, positive, negative, positive, I think has largely been derided uh, across press. I think that getting to the point about what it is that needs to be discussed uh, is uh, a much better way of a, of approaching it, uh, and having that conversation about so and, and asking the question around what uh, so so what happened here? What did you see? Um, uh, what could have gone better? And uh, because that can be a, a good way of starting around. What would we rather have seen instead? Because they were if. The, diving right into the like saying the 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 negative part of it is you suck never do that again uh is yeah. <laughs> that can have its own set of connotations um I, though i i i do remember i was just going, I was going to say from uh, uh so i know from a few years ago uh there was a, a contractor that we had this guy was as a, as a human being, he was a perfectly lovely human being. He was, I had no problems with him on that side. But at the same time, as a somebody doing work for me, who when I was in running the uh, 
or running the trading floor. So I was doing a lot of the backend support systems and engineering on the trading floor. Uh, and this, uh, he came in and he, he was he was tasked with doing a change that was supposed to be done over the weekend that was disruptive to the trading floor. Um, but he couldn't get it done when he was supposed to within the the time period that he sit was. So he decided to do it at nine a.m. on a Monday morning. Took down the trading floor uh, when and we obviously had to have a polite chat with him about yeah like that that was a bad idea you shouldn't have done that like please don't do that again um the the chain there was a subsequent change that needed to be done so we did that at 9 a.m on the tuesday which led to some much stronger feedback and conversations yeah i i think what, what you're describing there i mean there's we've got to be careful of the repeated piece so i think that's a you know this separate thing that comes into that sort of performance yeah. conversation at some point uh also, though, is is the risk, and I, whenever there have been tough conversations, and I, I can only imagine how tough that sort of scenario is, the importance of writing down what you're going to say, because it's so easy to break down and, and end up in a in a sort of accusatory statements, which which aren't meant to be accusatory. I don't think any leader really steps in wanting to point the finger at people. But it's very easy in that, that heat of the moment just to get drawn in. And I've found it very powerful to write out the statements that I will be making so that they're clear and I've, I've vetted them, first of all. And I feel, okay, this is, you know, it's, there aren't any fingers lurking in this particular sentence that I may be saying. And I think that there's another aspect of, as leaders, remembering from that first part of our conversation, what can we do? What could we do differently as leaders to make this sort of less of a, a risk in the future we're coming close to our time what three things would you say we should take away from this the, i think three of the things i would take away from this and we talked about this at, uh, at some length around recognizing feedback needs to be given in a timely manner we need to recognize as well that uh, we, we as human beings rarely remember to ask or and uh, as leaders we rarely remember to ask for the feedback and we we need to really consciously think about this and then make it a part of our of our behaviors um, and when we ask for feedback, we need to ensure that we take the actions on that feedback that we get, especially as leaders. It's really important. Uh, ensuring um, the, that the understanding that the team succeeds as a whole, but it's the, the leadership that fails, that we, we need to understand that uh, from a feedback perspective, uh, we've understanding the role of leadership and uh, where they fit in this puzzle and making sure that uh, we, I think we talked a lot about the different practices of what to do, what not to do, ensuring that you're not uh, yelling at people uh, in, and calling people out individually in front of large teams and providing negative feedback in that manner. Uh, that, that should never happen, making sure that uh, we're applying feedback in the appropriate manner and the appropriate setting and ensuring that, to, to your last point there, write it down, make sure that we understand, we know what we're going to say. Is there anything you'd add? Um, I don't think so. I think as long as we've mentioned that, that and, and this is a bit of a challenge, right? Leadership is responsible for the performance of the team. When they're poorly performing, it's a leadership challenge, not a team challenge. That one keeps me up at night. That's a tough one to take away because it's really easy to, mm -hmm. to look for reasons outside of that. And I let's maybe uh, end the note there on that sort of philosophical question. As always, uh, feedback and comments are always welcome. Uh, so if you can drop us an email, feedback at definitely maybe agile.com. Uh, Peter, again, a real pleasure chatting away with you. And uh, yeah, pleasure as always, Dave. You've been listening to Definitely Maybe Agile. 
the podcast where your hosts, Peter Madison and David Sharrett, focus on the art and science of digital, agile, and DevOps at scale. 